Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Tonight, I have with me Sir Michael. Hello. And myself, Timothy. Hello. We're a book club for games. And today we are. What are we going to talk about today? Today, we're going to talk about Untitled Goose Game. So what is Untitled Goose Game? It's an interesting one. It's a stealth puzzle game. I guess. Not very stealthy. In theory, you should be quite stealthy. I like to think of it as a jerk simulator. It's just a sandbox where you get to be a massive jerk. Can you be a charming jerk? That might be funny, actually, to try and play Untitled Goose Game in a charming and endearing way. But I'm not sure it's possible. I mean, some of the things you have to do are just rude. Okay. Should we talk about the history of the game? Yeah, let's start with that. So the game was first revealed in October 2017 with a gameplay trailer. Have you seen it? Yes, I have seen it. But did you watch it in 2017? I do remember this going viral on Reddit. So there was a short period where everyone was posting this untitled goose game. And I got to admit, I didn't quite get it. Like I watched the video and I was like, oh, ha ha. This is a funny game. I wonder what they're going to do with it. But I didn't really think any more about it. I just assumed some studio, yes, was making this funny game about being a goose that causes havoc. And at some point in the future it would come out and they would give it a name. Okay, so I'm glad I'm not alone. I didn't see what the fuss was about. I didn't get it either. But I don't think there actually was anything to get. In that, let's say this game was being made by a studio that had decided to make a douchebag goose simulator and this was their alpha footage and they put out a demo or something, you know, let's say that's what they were intending to do, then we would be right on the money. But the thing that makes it funny is House House, this small team, four devs making the game, they... They made, what, Push Me, Pull You? Some kind of, like, weird sport, faux sport, simulatory game multiplayer thing that was out on the PlayStation, shockingly. And then they were trying to figure out what to do next and kind of made this as their warm-up, like as a practice. And they put it out on the internet, thinking, hardy-ha, we'll put out this on the internet and then we'll make our proper game. But everyone loved it. And they were like, oh, I guess this is our game now. Or at least that's the story they're telling. Maybe it's just excellent viral marketing. Because <laughs> you've got to be cynical these days. Oh. <laughs> so we don't know what their original big game idea was. I don't think they've ever said. I'm not sure they even had it. Like, I literally think they were like, well, let's make something to warm up because they'd only ever made 2D games before and they decided they wanted to make something in 3D. And I don't know. I watched some YouTube explainer video talking about how they ended up making this, you know, very successful game by accident. And 
I don't know whether it's true or just an apocryphal story, but allegedly just one of them in their, you know, group Slack posted a photo of a goose and was like, we should make our game about this. And that's how it happened. They just made this sandbox where you could play as a goose and it ended up being kind of funny. If only our warm-up game went viral. <laughs> what is our warm-up game? <laughs> don't know. Jump on the spot simulator. I'll get right on it. I don't know. It's it's funny. I don't think they realised what they had. I don't think they even appreciated how appropriate it was to have a sandbox where you're a jerk and you're a goose because I think geese are not common in Australia and House House is an Australian team. So when they picked a goose, they just picked it because it was a funny and simple to model, you know, creature. But geese really are jerks. Like in, in the UK, certainly, presumably in the US too, I think it's a meme, you know, that that when you're a kid, you just get terrorized by geese. Like a pack of geese will just chase you and peck you or like mug you for bread. Why are you so familiar with this? I'm not familiar with this at all. Are geese massive jerks? I, I remember as a child, like going to the park and, you know, you get some bread to feed the ducks. I don't know if this is a, a thing people do anymore, you know. If you're a 90s kid or an 80s kid, what are we? Who knows? Whatever. If you're, a, if you're an elder millennial, feeding the ducks stale bread was a thing you did. I'm not sure people do it anymore because it's probably bad for ducks. But Yeah, they deserve better. <laughs> they, deserve, they deserve quinoa. Yeah. Anyway, so you're throwing this bread to the ducks and then geese will just come up and snatch the bread out of your hand. Especially when, you know, you're a toddler and about the same size as a goose. Yes. So I wrote down one line, just just throwing it out there, not expecting you to jump on it, but you have jumped on it. It reminds me that we do have things in common. So I wrote down, did this remind you of Hot Fuzz and the Swan? So in Hot Fuzz, a British comedy movie about a cop who ends up in a quaint English village, there is this whole subplot about chasing down this swan. Yes. And whether consciously or subconsciously, I really think that the House House devs saw this movie and basically made a sandbox where you can be the swan. Because swans are actually just like more entitled versions of geese. They're bigger. They have you know, a royal decree protecting them from normal people. Did you know that? Fun fact, in the UK, it's illegal to eat a swan. Only the queen is allowed to eat a swan. Uh, no, I, yes, I think I knew that. I think I knew that. I mean, having said that, it's not very common to go to a park and capture a bird and eat it anyway, to be clear. But if you were to do that to a goose, I think it would be okay. It's definitely not okay to do that to a swan. And then, I don't know about you, I have like many random anecdotes about swans from my youth. So like, I think one of the, one of the formative ones is literally my sister like having a drive-by robbery by a swan. So we were both little kids, we were both sat in a boat my sister is eating a sandwich. A swan swims straight at us. You know, it sees us and it literally swims, you know, like 20, 30 meters up to the boat. It pecks my sister in the arm and she like shrieks and like flings her arms in the air and it snatches the sandwich out of her hand and then just swims off again. I was saying it's like, you know, when you're at traffic lights and people on a moped like ride up and snatch something from your car and drive off again. Basically, it's it's the waterfowl version of that. What can you be snatched from your car? You know, things are attached. Like, you can't just take the wing mirror or wiper. 
this is the thing, isn't it? People like will steal your phone or something. You'll be at traffic lights, you'll be looking at your phone, and someone will, like drive by, grab the phone, and drive off. Or handbags, I heard, or even watches. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, not in my car, but as a pedestrian. Well, obviously as a pedestrian too, but I think I think there was a spate of it where people are sat in cars and people like drive by, snatch something out of the passenger seat or something, and then drive off. If you've got the windows down. Yeah, if you've got the windows down. We've got air conditioning nowadays. Don't have the windows down, guys. I'm sorry. I'm an elder millennial. I can't help it if my references are from the early 90s. Don't put your AC on. Protect the climate, okay? Well, that's a difficult one because... Don't drive the car either. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. (laughs) You know, if you have the windows down, is your car less fuel efficient? You know, in in the long run, are you hurting the planet by not having the AC on? But yes, you're right. The best thing to do is walk. Or train a swan to run your errands for you. (laughs) Did you also have this thing about... Oh, watch out for swans. They can break your arm. No, I had no exposure to swans when I was younger. I don't know what's going on. I, I, for some reason, again, have it really like quite deep down in my psyche that like a swan can break your arm. I remember being like told this. I think it was even at university, you know, like I think it was the induction to like the rowing club thing. You know, when you, when you, when you're like new at university and you think oh i'm gonna sign up for the rowing club or something i mean actually i wasn't (laughs) rowing because i was too small i was like the cox i was the person who got like ferried around and had to steer the boat but i remember the induction they're like watch out for swans they can break your arm give swans a wide berth okay sorry this is a game about a goose i don't know why i'm going so deep on swans i clearly have some trauma (laughs) yeah let it out it's fine Okay, okay. Back on topic. So, Untitled Goose Game, it never got a title. (laughs) In the end, they decided to call it Untitled Goose Game. It released September 20th, 2019. And by end of year, it sold a million copies. Not surprising. It's quite amazing that they did that. It's just a meme game. It's just a meme game. I think that's the thing. Like, every streamer played it. And then all of their followers just played it too. I mean, we even played it. I mean, what am I saying? I just wanted to put the rake in the lake. (laughs) (laughs) So a million copies across all platforms, which includes Switch, PS4, Xbox, Mac, and PC. Neither of us got it on PC or Mac, for that matter. (laughs) So what did you get it on? I got it on the Switch, which cost 20 USD, which is kind of expensive considering how long the game is and no achievements. But I bought it on Switch so I could play it portably while I was on holiday. So, you know, those were the constraints. You could have got it on Surface Pro. I don't think my Surface is up to it. I don't know. I just didn't even want to go there. I just thought, I'll just get it on the Switch. It'll be easy. I also paid more for it. I got on PS4, which is more expensive than Epic. But you get trophies and remote play. You don't get remote play with Epic. Hmm. Did you play it remotely? Yeah, I did. So that was a good choice. Yeah. I actually did play mine portably too. I played it on the plane. Okay. One final note, I guess, about the history of the game before we go into a gameplay discussion. The music of the game is all based on some public domain, as in written in the early 1900s, Piano Preludes by Claude Debussy. And again, I think it might be one of those things where it happened by accident because when they thought it was just their practice game, they needed some music for the trailer and they picked this piano piece because it was public domain. But the performance isn't public domain, right? You used to have to take someone's performance. Yeah, but, you know, they had a musician friend who was doing the music for them. So he just played, he just played the piano. 
and he obviously synced the funny and playful parts of the music to the funny and playful bits of the trailer. So when it came to do the actual game, they then continued to use these piano preludes by Debussy as the music for the whole game. And I actually think it works really, really well. So they went and chopped up the music into very short segments and they played it in an excitable way and they played it in a slow and careful way and the game will just play the music in the appropriate way when you're committing your shenanigans. When you're not doing anything, it's silent, actually. I think it's only when you're causing havoc that it actually plays any music at all. Anyway, I just thought it was another fortuitous little thing about the demo that became, well, that became this million-unit selling game. Or, again, very clever viral marketing. (laughs) Which one is it? I guess it could be both. So, shall we talk about the game? Yep, let's talk about the game. But before we do that, I don't know if you have anything equivalent to this on the Switch, but when you honk, the light bar flashes orange. There is nothing equivalent to this. This is amazing. (laughs) So, does like the intensity of the flash like match the intensity of the honk? So, wait, wait. it's bright and then it fades out a bit. Yeah. Oh, were you thinking I could honk at different intensities? Yeah. No, you can't no. you can't honk at different intensities, I know this. No. There's just honk 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 honk. <laughs> you just like hammer the button. But I'm sure if you if you played this game on your laptop, it would it would do the same for the keyboard. Oh, do you think it's got Razor Chroma integration? <laughs> I hope so. So it just like flashes the keyboard orange. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I'm not aware of it, but maybe. <laughs> So let's talk about initial impressions of the game. So I thought the exploration is really clever, how they've designed the map. Go on. And in that first level, it introduces itself as sandbox. And you can't fail, which I really like. I like having no fail state. Yeah, there's no game over. You Actually, I was about to say you can't get yourself into an unavoidable situation. I think they're prepared that you could get yourself into an unwinnable situation and they offer you know the ability to reset and put all the items back to where they to where they started but i don't think it's because there's any intentional way to get yourself into an unwinnable situation they just know that with the chaos of the sandbox it could happen and so they give you that option as a you know emergency ripcord the npcs are the right level of dumb (laughs) what does that mean they're fun to mess with yeah exactly and and they're not clever enough to outsmart a goose so you get to feel like you're a winner so for whatever reason you know in most games you complain about how silly the or how rubbish the ai is but actually in this world you're sort of commending how rubbish the ai is (laughs) he's like 10 out of 10 (laughs) this groundskeeper was an idiot (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And the game is quite nicely compartmentalized. So it's a it's a whole continuous space. So it is this sandbox you can play in, but there effectively are distinct levels. So you have a to-do list and each page of the to-do list is basically a level. And you know you've finished the level 
when you know the humans become so frustrated that they put up a no geese sign and usually the action that puts up the no geese sign actually causes a door to open effectively and you then you're able to get to the next section of the game which has a new page of stuff to do i just think it's funny what is the point of this no geese sign you're a goose you're not going to read the sign and be like oh i better leave that is a great question it's communicating that you should just f off please and you do I suppose. Did you have any highlights? Moments? I think maybe you should do your highlights because I have a tendency just to go into too much detail. So why don't you tell me what you liked? I just wrote these down as I came across them. So they're not like my top three. I think a lot of the beauty with <laughs> way to way to like lower expectations <laughs> sorry carry on but some of the charm of goose game is that there are jokes within the game mm-hmm. like for instance this is just ridiculous it's just ridiculous you can chase the kid into the phone booth he makes the call and then the lady comes out from the tv shop to check what's going on and that's your cue to go into the TV yeah, shop and get on TV. Yes. I thought that was brilliant. I thought that was genius. You do absolutely terrorize this kid. You're like going honk, 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 and chasing the kid. And you can like herd him into the phone booth. And then he'll slam the door and shut himself inside the phone booth where you can't get to him. And then, yes, he'll call the person in the TV shop who is presumably a parent. And they'll go and rescue him from the phone booth. But... While the TV shop is unattended, you can go in there and then cause havoc in the TV shop instead. And then another objective of yours is also to steal the kids' glasses and replace them for the wrong glasses. Like, there are so many things you do to this kid. You can trip him up into the, in the puddle, the big puddle. Yes. That kid's going to be traumatized. You see, like, that kid's going to remember that geese are jerks. So each each map in itself has the, a story about the NPCs, right? <laughs> so first you terrorize the groundskeeper, then you terrorize the kid and the shopkeeper. Yeah. Then you terrorize these two neighbors. These dysfunctional neighbors. Yeah, I think one's meant to be like the tidy neighbor and one's the messy neighbor, I <laughs> yes. think, canonically. And then in the fourth level, you, you terrorize the pub. Yeah. And then finally, the end game. Yeah. So in this third level, you've got you've got you've got the tidy neighbor just tossing stuff over into the other neighbor's garden, which I thought was quite funny. Yeah. So you, as the goose, can obviously just like bring trash from the noisy neighbor's <laughs> house. I say trash. It's like treasure. There's like what, what is there? There's just like such random stuff, like paintbrushes and vases and. I don't even know. There's loads of stuff. There's a geese in there as well. <laughs> there, there is or like swan. a statue of a goose wearing a pretty bow. And then, of course, you can take the bow off that goose, hide that goose statue and stand in its place. And then she'll put the bow on you instead. And you can be very dapper. But you can move stuff from other levels and just plonk in this man's garden. He'll just th- keep tossing anything across, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, he'd be like, what's this trash? It must belong in her garden. <laughs> yeah. And to top it off, there's a to-do item for you to to trick, I say trick, the la- the artist lady into trimming the guy's rose. Yes. I just thought, oh, this game is really... I, yeah, it's, the, it's moments like these that sort of keep the momentum going, because otherwise it's gay. it can get quite tiresome if, the, if there's no joy in completing the to-dos. Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of slapstick in the game. You know, when when you carry the vase the expensive vase from the messy neighbor's garden into the tidy neighbor's garden and he just throws it back over the fence and it smashes you're like oh whoops (laughs) but then you know he gets his comeuppance too because of course you go and drag the prize rose towards the topiary and when she's trimming the topiary then she just snips the rose whoops 
Everyone's a loser except the goose. And then continuing down this, you know, the the to-do list, I asked you if there's anything that can be triggered outside of the list. So there is a second list. After you finish the game, actually, again, it's quite quaint because the to-do list is written on like lined paper. And then after you finish the game, there's a second list, which is written on like graph paper. So it's quite cute again. But I think you can actually do the objectives from the second list even before you've been given the second list. And if you do that, it will actually cross it off and it will show you that there's a second list, but it won't tell you the other objectives on there. Oh, okay. But I'm not aware of any other secret objectives that it doesn't tell you about. Like, I don't think there's like a third list of secret stuff that only gets shown if you do it. So as far as I know, those two lists are the only tracked objectives. Unless maybe there are others for achievements, but I wouldn't know because there's no achievements on Switch. There are some cute things you can do that aren't particularly tied to to any mischief. So, for example, in the high street bit, there's actually a pair of walkie-talkies. And if you carry one in your mouth and honk, the sound of the honk actually comes out of the other walkie-talkie. So... You can do it just to troll people. Like you can leave one of the walkie-talkies in the middle of the shop, and then you can like walk off and honk, and the shopkeeper will be startled by your honking. You know, because the sound will pop out of the walkie-talkie. I think that's what I really meant. That's what I really meant by this question. Okay. Well, yeah, but I, I don't think there's any like mandatory stuff that happens as a result of that. There's just like funny little Easter eggs like that you can do. And then on top of that was. Are there two solutions to a puzzle? Uh, I think there's loads of solutions to the puzzles because it's a sandbox game. So they probably had a solution in mind for a lot of them, but there's definitely more than one. So actually, how did you steal the groundskeeper's hat? Because, you know, one of the objectives is make the groundskeeper put on his sun hat. How did you do that? So, I mean, I think the only way to do that is to steal his flat cap. But how did you steal his flat cap? When he's tending to to the flower. I only realised that way later, because I think I never actually picked up the flower. So I never saw him, like, bend down to replant the flower. But when I did it the first time, I thought you had to do it by startling him and making him hit his thumb because that's one of the objectives yes and when you do that he falls over backwards and when he's on the ground i snatched his hat and ran off with it okay and then i also realized that there are some times when he's been doing some work and he'll take off his hat and like mop his brow and he'll be holding his hat at his side and that's another opportunity for you to snatch the hat so you know that's three ways to do the objective right there or Another example, the pub. You told me you found the pub level quite frustrating because whenever you messed up, you would get kicked out of the pub and you'd have to get back into the pub again, which the most obvious way of doing it is to climb inside this cardboard box and wait for someone to pick up the box and deliver it to the back of the pub, which takes, you know, maybe a minute or two every time. But you don't have to do that. There's the burly bouncer dude at the front of the pub. You can actually just untie his shoelaces and then honk at him. And then when he chases you, he'll fall over and you can just run past him. So, you know, there's a much quicker way to get past the bouncer. I think you can actually probably just like duke him and just like run past anyway if you're good enough at it. Okay. Uh, Let me ask how you did this one because I really struggled to find this solution. I'm hoping there are other ways to do it. One of the tasks is get thrown over the fence. Oh, yeah. I have no idea how you're meant to do this one properly either. I think I think I carried the box all the way back from the pub and then got in it. Okay. That's how I did it, but I was hoping that there was something 
it's not actually the way I originally tried to do it. I tried for ages to do it by putting on the ribbon and standing still so I look like a statue. And then I thought he might throw me back over the fence because he'd think I was the goose statue. But he doesn't do that. That's exactly what I thought. Interesting. Well, we were both wrong, evidently, because I don't think you can do that. It sounds like we both cheated as well. <laughs> yeah, we both looked it up. <laughs> Shh, that was the subtext. Yeah, I looked up a guide. I was like, how do I get thrown over the fence? <laughs> but that's one of the extra objectives, right? That's only after you finish the game. Yes. So you've unlocked the pub. You've got like the whole village to play with at that point. Yes. So, shall we finish up by talking about the ending? Yes. Yes, let's talk about the Golden Bell. So, after the pub, you bust into a model village. Of the village that you're in. (laughs) And, yeah, you can see the gardens, and you can see the high street, and you can see the two neighbours, and there's little figurines of each of the NPCs as well. So you get to rampage through the model village like Godzilla, if you want. And then the final objective is to steal the bell from the church. So in the middle of the model village, and evidently in the middle of the whole village, is a church. And you can hear the bell ringing... I think the bell rings after six minutes of game time because later on that's used in the speedrun. But basically, you go and totally vandalize this model church. So you peck it until, like, you know, this beam is exposed and then you grab the beam and pull it and you, like, you tear down the church and then you pick up the bell. And once you've got the bell, if you honk, the bell rings. If you run too fast, the bell rings. So you're a very noisy goose. At this point. If you walk, the bell rings. I think if you walk very slowly, the bell doesn't ring. But you can't even turn quickly or the bell will ring. And when you pick up the bell, a new objective pops up that says, you know, and take it all the way home. Yeah. And you're thinking, okay, that's not too bad. Because you've opened up all these gates as the game has gone on. So you think, I'll just pop through that side gate and then I'll be back at the start again. But no, once you pick up the bell, all the gates lock and you have to work your way through the entire game in reverse. And everyone seems to know about this bell or wants this bell. Yeah, everyone is trying to stop you taking the bell. Like... All the people in the village must really care about this bell because suddenly all the gates are locked and everyone is on high alert to stop you. And, and now it's like a proper stealth game. Really? I didn't treat it as a, as a stealth game at this point. Oh, really? Okay. I felt like I had to sneak back through all the sections, avoiding all the NPCs with this bell. But you know how dumb the NPCs are at this stage. You li- you can blitz it. I don't know. I was pretty careful. I did so like I I did like Metal Gear Solid esque stuff of like <laughs> stashing the bell and then like you know well in MGS you'd obviously knock on a wall. In this you go honk honk and then people like go what was that sound and investigate it and then you like pick up the bell again and run round you know when they're not paying attention. But yeah, you've got to sneak the bell through the pub, through the gardens, through the high street through the groundskeeper's garden again, and then finally, you know, back to the start. So you just blitzed it, you just ran. Yeah. And that worked? It worked, yeah. Wow, now I feel like I wasted a lot of time. (laughs) It's like Phantom Pain. You can either stealth it or you can just gung-ho it, and both will work. And then the punchline to the whole game is that when you get home, you've got to throw the bell in this ditch and the ditch is full of bells. Although it was kind of spoiled for me. (laughs) Why? What did you do? Well, like at the very start of the game, I walked, you know, (laughs) down 
and I saw this ditch full of bells. So I already knew the ditch was full of bells, <laughs> which is a shame because I think it'd be really funny if you steal this bell and you think you're really clever and you get home and you discover, oh, I've done this loads of times before. No wonder they're on the lookout once, you know, <laughs> once I grab the bell, no wonder they're trying to stop me. How many bells have they had to buy for this model village? So it was the game's fault. I think it would have been funnier if the screen wouldn't scroll quite far enough to show all the bells until the very end of the game. But again, it's a sandbox, so it's fair enough that it does. And I think I saw some Reddit post where someone stole every single thing in the village and threw it into that <laughs> ditch. So I guess that's why they feel they need to show you the ditch. <laughs> Some people have too much time. I found it quite tiresome moving stuff around it eventually. Let's sum up the game as a whole. Yes. Yes, please. So I wanted to say I love how it all ties up. How the map opens itself up. How how it all fits together. How you've got the four levels and you've got the model village. And then with the golden belt, as you check back, it all, it all ties up. Even with the ditch of bells. The bell ditch. Yeah, it is very neat because you, you play through it in a linear way, but then by the end, you do just have this playground you can mess with. You know, you can drag items from one section to the other. You can just troll the villagers as much as you like. Although I think until I saw the model village, I didn't have a good mental picture in my mind for how everything connected because you can't control the camera in this game. So the angle at which you're looking at stuff, you know, the game decides. And so there are certain times when I think you're in two areas that are right next to each other, but you only ever see them from completely different angles. And so it's hard for you to realize that these two places are literally next door until you see the model village. And it's like, oh, that's how it all fits together. Or maybe I'm just rubbish at 3D spaces and everyone else finds it obvious. Nope, nope. The the changing camera angles does make it difficult. And you eventually tired of the mechanics? You said you find it a bit of a chore to move things? Yeah, I mean, the additional tasks. There were two which I thought were quite clunky. The cabbage one and scoring the goal. <laughs> Actually, I was all ready to disagree with you, but yes. Those two tasks were ridiculous. <laughs> there's a, there's cabbage picnic where, you know, you've already completed a task, make a picnic where you have to bring these certain items to the picnic basket. And then in the more stuff to do, there's a task called cabbage picnic. And there are four cabbages in the garden. So I don't know about you, but I assumed I had to move all four cabbages to the picnic mat. But it's so hard. How could you it's expect so hard. I laboriously rolled four cabbages <laughs> towards the mat. I was like corralling them like they were sheep. And then I <laughs> rolled the first one onto the map and bing, task complete. And I was like, what? I need to roll one of these. That was a waste of time. And the football. Like, you just have to roll one football into the goal. You think it'll be easy, but that football is so hard to move. It's it's because it's sloped, right? 
Yeah, tell that me- garden is on a slope. It's, it's a complete... They obviously know this. I mean, it's obviously done that way <laughs> to be just rude. <laughs> but yeah, it's annoying. Yes. Yes. Those were, in fact, the two tasks that stuck in my mind as well from the additional objectives. But I did all the additional objectives. Did you do them all? Yes, I did them all. Yeah, I I did everything except for the to do quickly. So I didn't do any of the speedrun objectives where you you have to do each section in under six minutes. I actually tried doing the opening section with the groundskeeper, but I didn't complete the picnic one in time. And I was just like, you know what? I've got other things to do. And I didn't try again. You, but you've seen this done, right? Well, I haven't actually watched a speedrun of all of the to-do-quickly things specifically, but I did watch a speedrun of Untitled Goose Game at AGDQ this year. So, yes, the game can be done much, much faster than we did it. I mean, I think it took me three to four hours to finish... Certainly to finish the objectives and the new ones that open up. I can't remember exactly how long it took me to do the first set of objectives, but they finished that game in like 15 minutes. And I and I think the current world record is under 10. So it can be done way, way faster. But did, did you see anything impressive? Anything interesting about the sandbox? Oh, I saw a lot of interesting stuff. I mean, it really made me realize as many ways as I thought there were of doing things, there are even more. Like... The vase, you don't have to actually have the guy toss it back over the fence to break it. You can actually just bring the vase into the house that you go through after, you know, she makes the no geese sign. And the homeowners will just break the vase for you. So, you know, there's there's more ways to do everything. There's even more ways to do everything. This game deserves the the sales, right? You still disagree? (laughs) No, no, no. I'm just jealous. <laughs> I'm just jealous that this, that this did so well and get your house in order didn't. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, it's it's smartly made. They thought of a lot of stuff. And yeah, the viral marketing man. I think also like, it, it's just like innately viral. So, you know, at AGDQ, the whole thing, people were just honking. Like, every second donation seemed to just be like, honk. (laughs) (laughs) It was ludicrous. And I don't know, the the game really does have just this strange draw to it. So my sister saw me playing it. Not the sister that got mugged by a swan. My other sister. The other one wouldn't go near it. (laughs) Yeah, Traumatic. And she wanted to play it. She was like, oh. Can I have a go? And, you know, usually I don't think my sisters are that into playing computer games these days. But, yeah, it was unusual for my sister to specifically ask if she can play a game. And so she actually played it all the way up to the pub in one sitting. So, yeah, you know, the the game does just have this innate appeal. I think anybody who has seen a goose just you know, understands this game. Like, what's my objective? Oh, to be a goose. How much chaos can I cause? How many people can I make miserable? Did she give any feedback? Yeah, she said it was fun. And then she got to the pub and she was like, I'm bored now. She tried to get into the pub and she was like, screw this game. (laughs) (laughs) The secret's that everyone wants to be a jerk. You might be right. Maybe this is the thing to tap into. Maybe this is this is what we should try and do if we make a game. That's true. That's true. I'm sure there's a subreddit we can tap into as well. Why a subreddit? I don't know, like justice served kind of thing. I've I've made that subreddit up. I don't know if that really exists. I, I'm actually pretty sure it does exist. Oh, okay. <laughs> or like malicious compliance. <laughs> Sorry, we should move on. I wanted to see your thoughts on whether we could expand on Goose Game. So, in what sense? So, I thought of other other scenarios. 
other animals doing other things. Actually, similar things. Like a mouse in a house, moving stuff around, nabbing food, or ghost haunting a house. And then another one you just gave me just now, swans breaking arms. You know, you know what? The swan one actually seems really good. <laughs> I like. I quite like the idea of that. Just, you're just like a swan causing actual criminal damage, but no one can do anything because you're royal. <laughs> and, and eventually the queen shows up and just shoots you with a shotgun. And that's the end. It's, it's another meme game. But these are all meme games. Or maybe, you know, the queen plays like a, a tyrant kind of, a Mr. T kind of role where she's traipsing around the map trying to look for you with a shotgun. <laughs> I thought you, okay, when you said tyrant, I thought you just meant like the ruler with an iron fist. I, but you mean like tyrant, like Resident Evil 3 yeah. tyrant. Yes. Imagine she's the only one who can harm you. Yes, with a shotgun and Zimmer frame. <laughs> her pack of corgis there you go yes so she sends the corgis first yeah but you can dis- you can dispatch the corgis yes <laughs> oh gosh I-, I think this is going beyond our 3D modeling <laughs> skills but I don't know I'll pitch it at Global Game Jam we'll find a way to make it fit the theme no I, I just think in general people love animal being a jerk simulator games so you know i i feel like the prototypical one is obviously goat simulator it's an it's another accidental you know accidentally genius they were just messing around they posted it for a laugh and everybody loved it like obviously goat simulator and untitled goose game look very different but they are both games made for a laugh that the internet loved. And I don't know if you've heard of it. There's another one called Cat Lateral Damage. <laughs> no. Where, again, you're a cat and you just have to knock everything onto the floor. But I think it was like a Game Jam game or something. It, it, I don't think they ever expanded Cat Lateral Damage into like a full game. The name is genius. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, you know, it, you just need a funny name and have some animals being jerks. People love it. I, I think the other thing people enjoy is just also just chaos. Like, the thing that made me initially think of it is the art style, but Katamari Damasi or Damashi, I'm not sure how you say it. You've never played it, right? I've played a demo. I really loved Katamari. Are you going to tell me you didn't get it at all? You're just picking up dirt, rolling. You're picking up dirt by rolling over it. I don't really get it. Well, it's again, it's one of those simple aesthetic, you know, low poly sandboxes where you cause chaos. I don't know which part of your psyche this really connects with. Well, the part that just loves anarchy. Yeah. (laughs) Like... Maybe it's not in the demo. Maybe this is why you don't like, you, you never experienced it. But there's a bit in Katamari where, you know, you're rolling this ball around, picking up paper clips, And then like, you know, you bump into a person and they just like punt you out the way and all your paper clips fall off the ball. And you're <gasps> just like, oh, it's so frustrating. And then later on, your ball is bigger and you just roll into that person and they stick the ball and their arms are flailing around. They're going, ah, and you're like, yeah, suck on it, mate. And then you roll up their car and then you roll up their house. <laughs> it, it's another one of these games where you just cause chaos. I think those are the two elements, chaos, animals being jerks, recipes for a million sales. I want to know what you think of Goose Games mean power I think it's almost too strong like <laughs> too the strong. memes the memes kind of just like write themselves to the extent that they're so pervasive you kind of start to not see them after a while if that makes any sense no yeah you know there was there was a spike after you know their initial trailer and then there was a spike after the game being released. But 
Yeah, I, you know, there are so many memes about Goose Game, and I, and I guess they take yeah the general form of other scenarios, like the goose just holding a knife in its beak, or you know, untitled other animal game, and what that would be like. I, I don't know what you want me to say here. I uh, want you to say, "Oh, I wish I created this." Well, I do it's wish I good. created this. Come on, <laughs> this this is another. This is yet another. You know, you know when you feel like, oh, this is going to sound really sad now. You know when you see a game and you're like, I could have made that. You know, like Minecraft. You know, it's like I could have made Minecraft. I have all the knowledge required to make Minecraft, but I obviously didn't make it. And like Untitled Goose Game, we could have made Untitled Goose Game, like. Like, I, I couldn't just like fart it out in five minutes or anything. Like I would have to learn stuff to make it. But between us, we actually have all the skills required to make Untitled Goose Game, or maybe not the music, but, you know, we can make jank physics sandbox nonsense game. Don't say that. That's, you're doing a disservice to Untitled Goose Game. I, I am doing a disservice to it. You know, I, actually, that's one of the things I'm quite curious about. Because you mentioned this earlier, and I thought we should leave it for the summary. The NPCs are just the right level of dumb, right? Like, I wonder how much they had to tune this game, or whether it just came out hilarious on day one. You know, like, was it unintentionally hilarious to begin with, and they realized they had something, and they tuned the whole game to make everything that hilarious? Or did they just throw it all in, you know, the box and shake it up, and it was just funny 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 they didn't have to do anything special you know do you think they had to tweak the weights of like how far npcs could see and what things they prioritized over others and you know so on to make it work this well or do you think it's just put in a bunch of rules throw in some dumbish humans but they didn't have to try very hard it just came out really slapstick funny you know they had to figure it out you know they had to tweak it you're a real dev. You know it doesn't happen. It doesn't. It, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't all just come together. Yeah, you're probably right. I, I think that is the thing. When, when things work really well, then you just think they're really simple. But it was probably really hard to make it look so simple. Something I wanted to say was: you've got this evolution from. Goat Simulator to Untitled Goose Game. What What's next? I mean, there are other ludicrous sandbox games. Have you seen Deer Simulator? Like, Deer Simulator? I think it's got like... <laughs> is it three E's or is it eight E's or something? There, there's some I... ridiculous game where you're a deer with guns. No. It's only on PC... I don't know what... I think I must have seen it... You know when you have to do the Steam Discovery... I mean, you don't have to, but I was doing the Steam Discovery's queue every day during the sale to get my Steam trading cards because I'm just stupid and can't help it. And (laughs) I think at some point in one of these sales, it showed me this... Is it actually called Deer Simulator? I don't know. Yeah. Deer Simulator with four E's. <laughs> it sounds like you're having trouble every time you say it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Continue. Okay. From now on, I will just call it Deer Simulator. To, please to... don't. <laughs> please, please don't. Okay. Anyway, that that's the next one, I think. I don't know if it's got is I don't know if it's going to have the viral popularity because the thing is you can make one of these things and it's also kind of luck whether streamers pick it up and it and it really goes meme-tastically viral but I think this deer simulator game is an example of someone else who's observed the pattern and decided to put another you know dot on the chart Okay. So it's a game where you're an animal and you're a jerk. Well, actually, I'm not sure you're a jerk so much as you cause absolute chaos. 
I don't know if being a jerk is more important than chaos or if they're interchangeable, fungible, if you will. Maybe that's why Untitled Goose Game is so powerful because it's got both. Yes. Okay, we should close. Did you enjoy it? Very much so. I enjoyed it too. I, I kind of wanted to be able to poo-poo on it just to be contrarian, but actually I quite enjoyed it. I'm not sure it was worth 20 US dollars. You didn't have to pay 20 US dollars. You chose to. That sounds like I, I'm asking you to pirate the game. I'm asking you to buy, buy it on PC. I could have played it on PC, it's true. They call it the Switch Tax. The Switch Tax. Yeah. So be it. The price of convenience. So the next book club game. Oh, thank you. I want to be the best there ever was. To beat all the rest. Yeah, that's my cause. Sorry, I can't sing as well as I think I can in my head. (laughs) You can. You can sing as well as you think you can. You can sing better than how you think, than what you think you can. It's Pokemon Sword and Shield. So, after you unexpectedly bought Pokemon Sword and Shield for Christmas, we figured it should be the next book club game. Yep, we should talk about Pokemon. It's time. So, I have sword, you have shield. Why do you have sword? (laughs) Because sword boy for life, the the sword (laughs) dog is clearly the best one. I'm sorry. The, The shield one just looks ridiculous. The sword one is cool, right? He's this cool looking dog. He's got a sword in his mouth. He's gonna mess you up. The shield dog just tanks hits with his face. (laughs) Who does that? (laughs) But the sword is an accessory. The shield is built into my face. (laughs) I'm kind of confused about that, actually. Is it just like it's a shield with a hole in it and you're just like, there's like a crossbar that you're holding with your mouth and so it looks like it's your face? Or is the shield actually your face and you could hold the sword as well and be like the ultimate doggo i don't know i feel like this is um a question to be explored in the in the next step yeah yeah we're not there yet you know we haven't caught either sword boy or shield boy yet so i'm sure by the time we actually get to recording the app we will know all about the sword and the shield I don't even know what their real names are. I've actually just been referring to them as Sword Boy and Shield Boy. B-O-Y-E, to, to be clear. And that matters because... And that matters because... I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I'm just trying to cling on to my youth. This is like a meme from like 10 years ago. I'm just showing my age even more. Did you know someone said OK Boomer to me in the office the other day? Oh, I felt I was I was so offended. Oh dear, I'm sorry for you, Mike. I feel bad for you. <laughs> That's right. Oh, it's a bad day for you. That's right. Tragic. I'd be offended too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, see, what generation are they? I-, I think technically they are a millennial too. I was like, hey, we're both millennials technically, like just right at opposite ends of the band respect your elder millennial respect your elder millennial we were lost levels club we still are lost levels club please rate and subscribe to us on itunes please 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 you can find us on email mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club on twitter at lost levels club on twitch as lost levels club uh, anywhere else? Reddit slash r slash Lost Levels Club. So, Michael, what are you grateful for today? Am I allowed to be grateful for a four-day weekend? Yeah, why not? Okay, cool. I'm grateful that it's a four-day weekend. Although, I'm not grateful that it's not a five-day weekend.
because Saturday counts as a public holiday in Hong Kong. It's the Chinese New Year long weekend. <laughs> You're disappointed. I'm I'm doing this to to mess with you on purpose. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. I'm grateful for many things. Oh, yeah. I'm grateful we finished the recording before crying started. Smackle says bye. Bye bye.